Welcome to the Real Estate Trainer Podcast with your host, Brian Eisenhower. This podcast is brought to you by Eisenhower Coaching and Consulting. ICC provides customized and structured coaching and training programs for real estate agents and team leaders, representing many of the top producing agents in North America. ICC also offers broker and owner consulting on agents recruiting, training, and retention. For more info, visit EisenhowerCoaching.com or find us on Facebook. Your profit and loss statement is your most vital statement for your back end of your business. If you don't have a PL, all you can really do is see how much money is in the bank at the end of the day, week, or month. And that's not how to tell if you're making money. You'll be shocked. We've discussed the real estate budget. We've discussed how an agent should manage their financials. We've discussed what the budget looks like, why we use the budget, how to analyze the budget, all the different things a budget can do for you, which is great in theory. But now how do we analyze your situation for your business, right? So a brief overview, I just wanna take a, have you take a look at, this is gonna only take a couple minutes here, but I wanna make sure you understand it. We have already talked about the budget, right? And remember what we talked about is these letters, these circled letters down here, right? Number one, we always look at your gross commission income. And as the team grows in production and GCI, so should that agent and or team's expenses grow. And we're gonna hold them at different percentages. Administrative salary should be 12% of your gross commission income. Marketing and lead generation expenses should be 10%. All of your operating expenses should not exceed 30% of your GCI. Your cost of sales, remember what those are. That's what we pay out of our commission split to our broker, any, any cost that comes out of a, out of, out of a commission that um, you pay when you close a transaction, what you pay your broker owner, uh, what you pay in a referral fee, or if you have a real estate team, what you pay your buyer's agents. Those are your cost of sales and, and the percentages that you pay of those vary as you get bigger and bigger as an agent and into a team, you're probably gonna pay a higher, much higher percentage to other agents because you can only do so much business yourself and a bigger chunk of your production comes from other agents rather than your own production. I think that's the idea for big team. And then net income, same deal in here, but your percentage actually goes down. This is, this is your profit margin actually goes down over time. You only get to keep 60% of your GCI, 55% of your GCI, 50% because even though your commission's percentage, your profit margin is dropping, the amount of income you're getting, your net income is going up. And in theory, as you get out here to the right, you're actually working a lot less. You're working better hours. You're not working weekends. You're not working nights, maybe getting more days off, maybe getting more times off. So that's an overview. And then, so that that's your main. So number one, we look at your GCI. Number two, we look at your operating expenses, which are primarily admin salaries and marketing and lead gen. Everything else is kind of chicken feed. And then we look at your cost of sales, how much you're paying out in splits to other entities or things, and then your net income. And that's the, and that's basically running through your real estate budget. Okay. Um, now, that is something that all solo agents, all teams use. That budget applies to anything because everything's done by percentages. You know, so it works in high volume markets, low volume markets, all of that. Because we have to apply it to each individual team's P&L. And when I mean P&L, I mean a profit and loss statement. And that's what I really want to talk to you about today is your P&L and your profit loss statement, how to analyze it 
and what it looks like. And remember, it, it's the most important for your financial model of your real estate business. Your profit and loss statement is your most vital statement for your back end of your business, the boring end, right? It's not, you know, you've got this marketing model, this lead generation model, and that's what most agents, all they think about is, you know, how do I get on offense? You know, no one watches the football game to see the defense. You just want to watch when your team has the ball. How do we score touchdowns? But you don't want to take a look at like the uh, the weight training regimen and the, and especially the defensive side of the ball. That's where the dirty work's done, right? But unfortunately, successful business people know it's not about units closed. It's not about income earned. It's about profit after expenses. Are we making money? And that's where a PL comes in. I can't tell you how often I, we get people come into ICE. And I know we do. We coach some of the highest producing teams in the country. Um, but I, we, you know, so we get guys coming in that, you know, have teams of people selling a thousand homes a year, 2,000, uh, even like 2,500, 3,000 we've had come in. And you'd be shocked how many people come in and that, hey, we closed 1,500 homes this year, but I'm broke. They're not making any money. And then we introduce them to this concept of a P&L and show them how to chart their expenses and their budgets and things like that. And it's not, and they actually think they're making money. They just have no money left over. And sometimes we find out they are making money. Until you look at a P&L, you really don't know. If you don't have a P&L, all you can really do is see how much money's in the bank at the end of the day, week or month. And that's not how to tell if you're making money. You'll be shocked. So we, we want a P&L to look at the big picture. Otherwise, like we've talked about, you're going to be very emotional with your expenses based on how much income you're producing. And we want to keep you out of emotion. And we really want to keep your emotion between the lines. So we're operating like a business person, right? So let me, let me dive in. I've got a sample P&L, a sample profit and loss statement. And I want to take, take a look at it and it ties to my budget model. And um, of course, you're going to be able to download all this stuff in the right hand side. So your sample profit and loss right here in front of you. This is Debbie Allen. I made that name up. It's a, it, just to be gender neutral. It's a man and a woman's name, all in one name. How you like that? So the uh, I'm getting very politically correct this day these days. Debbie and Allen. And uh, here's their P and L. And this is almost a full year. It doesn't need to be a full year. It could be a half year. I mean, you know, depending on what time of the year is, it'd be a mid year. Usually with our clients, we do this like in January. So we can look at last year's full year. And then we do it again in July. So we can look at the first year, six months. So we at least do it twice a year. You could also do it quarterly. I, I know like my wife does it monthly. So that way you get a big picture view of where your business is at. And it's real simple. Most of it, is going to be expenses. That's why it's kind of gloomy, you know, because you have lots of little expenses and your income, depending on who you are, is really just going to be commission income, right? You know, you might have a couple different types of commission income, depending on who your accountant is. Remember, we're going to have your accountant prepare these for you. We're going to give them administrative access to your bank account. So if they can actually view your account. They can't edit your account or make deposits or withdrawals, more importantly, from your account but they can access all the data and then they can give you a profit and loss on command and they'll keep you up to date with your taxes throughout the year. So you can pay your quarterly estimates in advance, all stuff we've covered. So they should be able to generate this instantaneously for you. If you've got an accountant that has access to your online bank accounts. Now, a lot of you are like, well, my bank accounts are a mess. I merge and commingle everything in there. It's too hard for me. Well, remember we got to keep a separate business account for our business. 
if you want to actually have tax savings. So we want to open that up. And that's, and that's okay if you commingle a lot of stuff in there. Your accountant gets that. Everybody does that. So don't freak out like you're some drama case. Everybody, they merge like property management gets, everything gets commingled in there. I mean, it doesn't mean it's like you're going to lose your license type of commingling. It's just people get the wrong stuff in accounts all the time, or you just get in a bad habit. They'll, they'll learn how to back a lot of that stuff out for you. So, but at the top, we're going to have income. That's number one. Okay, so we look at number one and we're going to try to determine what our GCI number is. Okay, so typically you are going to get gross commission income and you've got it coming in. They've got it coming in in the amount of $354,232.94. So it's $354,000 in change. So they have total income of $354,000, which means they have gross profit of $354,000. All the same thing. And that's an agent who just makes good commission income, right? And that's before we take out all these expenses, okay? That's number one. Remember, that's your 100% GCI number. That's that number at the top. On the budget, we take all of our percentages from, okay? So that gross commission income at the top yeah, you can see that number one GCI number. Here it is right at the top. It's that gross commission income. But remember, like we talked about last time, gross commission income is gross commission income, which means if you're on a real estate team or in a real estate brokerage, which most people are in one of those two, if not both, gross commission income is the total amount of your commission check before you pay out any cost of sales to buyers, agents, a team leader, a broker manager's commission split, the brokerage commission split. Your GCI, if you sell and get a $10,000, if 3% is what you charge and 3% equals 10,000 and you're on a 70-30 split with your broker, 30% goes to the broker, that's 3,000, 7,000 goes to you. That's your net commission income. 10,000 is the gross commission income. So we have to know how much money you make before your broker and any other buyer's agents are paid. That's gross commission income. A lot of people screw up there. And what, what happens, see, here's the problem. Your accountant doesn't see how much you pay your broker anymore. He used to, he doesn't anymore. Because now they don't, you know, they don't give you a check that you have to divvy out and pay someone else like they used to. Now it comes out of the title company and they just pay everyone directly. So all your accountant knows, he thinks this is your gross commission income. He doesn't realize that a percentage of that actually goes to your broker or maybe your buyer's agent or maybe the rainmaker slash team leader of your team. So we've got to know what that amount is. That's the one bit of work you need to do to fill out and complete your P&L. Okay. So what we do is we try to determine that cost of sale. Let's say I'm the rainmaker of a team. I, I need to find out how much I paid my buyer's agents, let's say, or sales agents on my team throughout the year. Let's say they're on 50-50 splits. How much did I pay them all? How much was their 50%? And then I'm going to add it to this 354 number. Let's say I find out that they had, here's the number 99,800 right here. That's how much I paid out to the agents on my team, plus the commission split to my broker that, that over the course of the first I don't know, nine months of the year. So I'm gonna add that 
to this 354 number, and that gives me a new GCI number of 454 and $33. Now I've got my number one, my GCI number of 100%, because I found out the total amount of all my gross commission checks over the course of the year. That's where you need to have, it's one of the few places you need to help out your accounts. And I'm gonna show you all of the places. There's only really three of them. Okay. In the process, you actually found out number three, your cost of sale number, right? Remember your cost of sale number is one of the ones we need to figure and figure out on your budget as well too. And you'll see the numbers nicely correspond. Here's your number three down here. And these are your cost of sales. Depending on how much production you're doing, we're going to see how much you should be paying your broker, how much you should, and or your buyer's agents on your team as you grow. So we'll, we'll, we'll get number three, because we have to figure out all of these from our budget and from our P&L. So to do that, we're going to shift back over to the profit and loss statement. And so we've worked these two out, right? Found out your, we just located and identified on the PL your net income, your net commission income. Then we got to go back and find out how much we paid our broker and or our team members. That'll be our cost of sales. We add that to our net income that we told our accountant about, and boom, we get gross commission incomes. Now we got number one and three sorted. Hooray. Okay, that's done. Now we're going to jump down and go work on number two, which is our operating expenses. Okay. And that's just about the entire PL is freaking operating expenses, all the way down to total expenses of $250,000 and change right here, this blue line. That's our operating expenses. Okay. But the problem is that that number is never even close to correct because once again, our accountant, like we've talked about, he's actually doing a PL to prepare you for tax liability. Like he, he wants to reduce the amount of your taxes, which is one reason we use an accountant. It's the only reason most low producing agents use one. High producing agents know that they need to use their accountant, as we've talked about, to do business planning. So my accountant is also the CFO of my team. And, and we're gonna, we gotta make sure we're in budget. We gotta make sure that we're moving forward with a good profit margin, that we're spending the right amount of money. To, to increase our GCI, are we in line with our model budget that we keep referring back to? So we've got to go back a lot of numbers out of here that we know are there just to protect us from tax liability, to be able to have an accurate and clear view of our business, right? So the first thing we got to look at is 2A, and that's a circle on our budget. Remember the two biggest parts of operating expenses that I showed you back on the budget were 2A and 2B. And if you'll remember, 2A and 2B, I'm gonna show you right here, are 2A is administrative salaries and 2B is marketing and lead gen. Remember, your operating expenses should be 30% of your number one GCI number. Of that, 10% of the, of the 30 is marketing and lead gen 12% of the, the 30 is administrative. So that's 22% of the 30. That's more than two thirds of your expenses are gonna come from those two categories. So of course, that's where you, on the P&L, we're gonna be doing the most work. 
and it's easy work. I know this seems tough mm -hmm. to you. You didn't sign up for this in real estate. This isn't just showing houses on HGTV. But if you want to run a business, <laughs> you know, you can get those people to work for you. Um, so let's go look at 2A and 2B. 2A is admin salaries. The first thing most accountants do, rightfully so, is have you take a salary yourself. If they, if they set you up as an S Corp or an LLC, your accountant will tell you what to do there. Maybe your attorney, usually your accountant. When that happens, they're gonna, you're gonna actually take a salary yourself and that'll help you a little bit with, to avoid unemployment taxes and things like that and help you a little bit with tax savings from depending on who you are and what you are and what the rest of your finances look like. It can help you a few different ways, but you will take an officer salary. It's gonna show up on your P&L as an administrative expense when it's not, it's actually net income to you. You're just paying yourself. So we have to remove that 55,000 in this example. And you can see we move it right down here, team leader compensation. And we subtract that from your operating expenses because it's really net income. Does that make sense? Everybody get that? So by subtracting it out, it's now going to effectively increase your net income because this team leader, I mean, this guy's looking at this like, man, I'm only making $103,000. Why am I even having a team? Why do I have all these expenses? I'm going to scale back. This is bad. But understand, that's why we'll often in coaching, we'll have them do this every couple of years. So they realize, hey, don't believe your P&L that your accountant gives you. Your, your P&L, I mean, first of all, he's not using the right GCI number. Number two, your net income is designed to look smaller so you don't have to pay so much in taxes because you pay taxes on this number. Now we got to uncover all that to see how much your business is really making you. And here's one way that the accountant hides it. Okay. So number one is we back out your officer's salary. Okay. And you can see there's other payroll taxes and business expenses associated with that TL salary as well. Okay. So we're going to back out those and then we're going to see what's left after we back out the team leader compensation. We're going to then look at the other administrative salaries and you can add his payroll taxes because that's part of it. Salaries and wages. Maybe this team has one administrative assistant and a virtual assistant that's part-time or something. I don't know. I'm just kind of guessing, depending on where you live, how much your salaries are. Add those together and we get 69,000 in total admin salaries. We put taxes in there. Could be two people. Who knows? That ends up being 15% of GCI. Okay. And we'll leave it at that for now. Then we're going to go up here after we back out the TL compensation and we, we take a look and we try to calculate the admin salaries because that's a big chunk of the operating expenses. Then we're going to go up here to marketing expenses and take a look at those. Okay. Your marketing expenses, this advertising and marketing are all together. Some P&Ls have them spread out like advertising is one thing, marketing is another, you know, client gifts, you know, they, they break it out. So you got to go through and make sure, you know, it could be printing, you know, if you're printing mailers, you know, you got to look for that, um, depending on you know how much your accountant likes to itemize and he'll change it for you. If you say, Hey man, just put marketing and put all these together in marketing and advertising, they'll, they'll adjust it, you know, to make it nice and clean. This is a good one here. Cause all on one line, we we've, we've calculated that's 9.1% of GCI because we take that number and we find the percentage of our big number up here, hundred percent of GCI. Just like our admin, we take this 69,000 number and our admin salaries, we take payroll taxes and the salaries, 
And we take that as a percentage of our big 100% GCI number. And we find out the percentage of admin salaries, the GCI. And that's how we calculate those two numbers, right? And it's as simple as that. I'm going to skip to C for right now. And I'm going to jump ahead because I, with just covering everything that's on the budget. So what I want to show you back on the budget and how those relate, which we're going to talk about a little bit more in detail, but you can see our admin, our admin salaries were a tad bit high because the administrative salaries in 2A should not exceed 12%. And you can see on this one, they were up at 15%. Yet their marketing was a little low because their marketing came in, if you remember, at 9.1%, and I said they're not supposed to exceed 10%. So that kind of balances a little bit. Between the two, we're a little bit high, not too bad. But we're running the high end. I don't think we should be hiring anybody right now or taking on a big lead generation endeavor until we can get our GCI up a little bit with the money we're spending. But we're in pretty decent alignment there, okay? So we've solved one, we're still working on two, and then we've got 2A, 2B, and, 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 then, and then over here on number four as well. Okay. So now I'm going to back out, back over. Thank you for bearing with me. I know this is P&L talk, so not the, not the most sexy, glamorous stuff on the planet. Now what we're going to do is you're going to see over here on 2C, you notice this one I don't include on the budget because there's not a budget for personal expenses because your personal expenses shouldn't be in your P&L. But I've got little asterisks here of items that your accountant smartfully and helpfully snuck into your P&L that are really personal expenses that we're allowed to deduct to reduce your profit. Like for example, car expenses. I'm pretty sure you're going to have those anyway. We need a car. And if you buy a car cash that year, you can often deduct the whole thing and offset all profit. Again, that's a benefit your business is paying for you. I don't think we should be analyzing it as a business expense. So we're going to back that out. Um, you might have, you know, health insurance, you're going to need that anyway. We're just going to get paid for by your business. So we're going to back that out over here. Down here, legal fees that are actually from your divorce you just got because your family law, your accountant told you your family law you know, we could actually show that as just real estate legal fees in your advice, maybe setting up your corporation, handling a few disputes with clients. We could get those, those are deductible. So those snuck into your PL too, whether right or wrong. Back that out. Maybe you bought yourself a new laptop, you bought a new printer at home, bought yourself a new desktop, whatever the heck you bought. Any type of, you know, anything you basically go to Best Buy, probably went over there and bought a new washer and dryer, a new microwave. That's fine. Buy it at Best Buy or buy it at Costco because that's a, you know, oftentimes that's a good office expense. So anything you buy at Costco or Best Buy, even people go down and buy Best Buy gift cards to use on other things. Uncle Sam doesn't like that, but people do it. And if you're that type of person, then it would be categorized here under office supply and software. Got to back that out because you're getting a lot of personal use out of that and you're using the business to justify it and you get it at a tax deductible expense because it reduces your bottom line, which means you don't pay as much taxes on it, which means it's virtually coming half off or even for free in some instances. So we're gonna back those things out. So if we add those four, those are the four things I identified. You have to look through and see which stuff is really, remember just because it's tax deductible doesn't mean it's necessarily a business expense. You'd have it anyway. 
So we're back. I mean, you're not going to survive without a computer. You're not going to survive without a car. The divorce has nothing to do with your business. Health insurance you're going to need anyway. So all those things we back out, add them up together. We got a number of 31,491. And then just like your TL compensation, we're going to back them out of your operating expenses as well. So we take that 31,491 and back it out of our operating expenses. And now we've got a new total of 163,976. And that's our new operating expenses. And you can see that's 36% of GCI, okay? Because remember, we took the TL compensation out and that got us from 250 in operating expenses down to 197, which was 43% of GCI. Then we backed out all that personal stuff of 31,000 to get us down to 163 in change, which brought us down to 36% in GCI. Okay. And remember, we're applying everything to our budget. And in applying everything to our budget, we then take a look at our net operating expenses. This one you should just have memorized because it's always the same 30%. We're 6% over on our operating expenses right now. We're a little bit high. Not terrible. That's not awful. But we are a little bit high there. So, you know, we got to, you know, I, I wouldn't say let's cut, let's fire people. You're close. Let's, let's get, you know, we've got all the expenses in place. You know, let, let's think about moving forward. Nothing to panic with that number. We'll talk about that in a minute too. But that's the idea there. Then the last thing to do is move over to number four, because we've just figured out operating expenses. And so now we're going to move over to number four, because now we can find your net income, right? Because we have your... Um, now we can use your TL net income number, right? We have your TL net income. We, we know how much you made, 354 and change. We can subtract out the, our adjusted net operating income, that 163 number that we, we saw for down here. And now we're going to have a total net income number, right? And that's going to be your 150,000, 150,000 and change which is 33% of GCI, okay? And that's a little low to me, right? Because we showed that to you on the budget and it just depends where you are in production. You know, I saw the expenses, so I know they're probably somewhere in this range, right? Because they had administrative salary expenses um, here of, uh, you know, just to south of 60, their net income was in between these two numbers here. So they should be in this range, probably closer over here, which means they should be keeping 50% of their income and they're only at 33%, okay? Um, so to me, we've got some issues that we gotta analyze on the profit and loss now that we've, now that we've analyzed it because we've seen they're a little bit high on operating expenses they're low in net income though. So something is up with their P&L and it could be quite a few things. We gotta determine what that is. It's, and this happens all the time, right? People get a little bit out of whack. They're not way out of whack, but something's wrong. And, it, and that's how we make decisions in coaching, right? When people say, should I hire? I, I, you know, should I, should I move forward? I, I don't know. My first question, I don't know, can you? Not should you, can you? Because the first step is look at the P&L. That's the first step. 
and to see where we're at there before we can go any further, because there might be something we need to change or alter before we move forward, before we hire, before we, you know, do I need to fire this person? Oh my gosh, the market shifted, fire everybody. Like, really? Is that where your business is? We got to take a look. So you hear that kind of stuff all the time, but if you operate without a PL, you're really just operating off emotion, how you feel, where your fear level is that day where your motivation level is that day. Not like a business person at all, if you're not keeping your financials together, which is why it's so crucial to analyze a profit and loss. So in review of this, just really quickly before we move on, I want us to understand the first thing we did is we solved for GCI. So we added in, we, we you know, the, the accountant gives us on the PL statement, what our net gross commission is, because how much that we made personally in our sales as an agent. And then what we, you know, and, and could be what we've received from our buyer's agents production as well, too. But then we got to find out what we pay our broker and what we paid out to our other agents on our team, or maybe referral fees, anything that comes out of commission check. So we got to determine our cost of sales next. And once we add that to our net commission income number, we get a gross commission income. That's the most important number because we take every other one of these numbers as a percentage of that GCI number, right? That's true GCI, the total amount of the commission check that you or your agents earn. We also, in the process, solved your cost of sale, everything you pay that comes out as a split of your total commission check. Then we go through and analyze your operating expenses. We do that by backing out personal expenses in 2C, determining your admin salaries in 2A, backing out your personal expense that you pay yourself as an admin salary of your operating expenses, and, and figuring out what your marketing expenses too. We always take a look at 2A and 2B because they are more than two thirds of your total expenses. Well, oftentimes we're not in alignment there. And then all of a sudden we back those out of your gross operating expenses to get an adjusted operating expense amount and that and determine what percentage of GCI that is. Okay. Then we deduct that new net operating expense number from our net income number, the amount we take in, because that's what he used in the statement to add all this up and get a new adjusted net income. And we determine what percentage that is of GCI. And that's basically how we understand how the PL works and how we actually take what the accountant gives us. And that's the key. We have to back out almost every PL I see, I have to back out those things. You know, if you have a property management company, we may have to back that out if it's shown on the same PL. Your accountant should be able to run a separate PL after doing this one or two times with them, you know, over the course of a year. You know, you're gonna do it at least twice a year, right? In July and in, in January. Could do it quarterly, could even do it monthly, but we're gonna back that out each time, right? And, you know, if you have another side business that gets mingled in there too, he'll, he'll back this out each time, but then eventually maybe the second time or the third time you do it, he can actually create its own PL so you don't have to back that out. You are going to have to back out. You're, after, you're going to have to figure out your cost of sales every time because he never sees that information. He doesn't know how much you pay your broker. So that's something you have to get each time you do it. That's easy. Most brokers keep that for you. You could track that yourself on a spreadsheet or in your CRM, however you want to do that. And then you'll have to, you know, then you'll have to go on there and look and see how much you're paying yourself as an officer expense. You're gonna have to back that out. You're gonna, you're gonna pretty much back out the same personal expenses every time. So that's really easy. 
And then you just do the math and it's real simple. This should take you like five minutes to 10 minutes to adjust it after you do it once or twice going forward forever. It becomes so freaking easy, so fast. You just have to, you just save this sample profit and loss and follow it one, two, three, four, five, you know, one, two, three, four with a few two point things in there each time. And then you analyze it to your budget each time. Go over with your coach the first couple of times. It's really, really easy once you get the PL situated. The first couple of times are hard because you got to get the accountant squared away. He's got to get you the PL. He's going to need you to change things. So the first year is a little rocky, but you stay with it and it really gets easy. It just comes to you on call. So that's how you understand the PL, which I think is very important. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Trainer Podcast, sponsored by Eisenhower Coaching and Consulting. For more information about real estate coaching or to watch Brian's training videos, check out therealestatetrainer.com or find us on social media. And remember, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you get the latest episodes as soon as they're available.